Hello, all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we're going to be reviewing the film The Eyes of Tammy Faye. All right, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for this movie? Sure. An intimate look at the extraordinary rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Baker. Rise and fall, indeed. Okay, (laughs) let's start off with our one-sentence summaries for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Mine is, it's all fun and games until the feds find you. (laughs) Yes, that not fun anymore. Nope, definitely not fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my summary is, the main character of this movie is the pounds of makeup. (laughs) it has its own like rise and fall you know (laughs) you know it's well i don't know that there's much of a there's no fall that's fair it's just a a steady incline throughout the film (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's start off with our initial thoughts of the eyes of tammy faye what did you think of this film yeah i uh i don't know i i have some feels about this um i think it's 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 a it's a good watch. It's entertaining. Um, Jessica Chastain is phenomenal in this. Like, wow, she is the reason to watch this movie. Honestly, um, so great cast. Um, it's really interesting, kind of like digging more into their lives and and learning. Um, like some of the interviews were taken verbatim uh, from what actually happened. And, you know, so it's just kind of fascinating, even from like a a biopic perspective, just how closely this, uh, you know, lent itself to the truth. I also just think that it's interesting that this film follows the story of Tammy Faye. You know, I think I, I found myself wanting to know more about Jim Baker and, you know, more about some of the shady money things that he did and, and more about just kind of like the, for lack of a better word, like the corruption and and their, Mm -hmm. you know, incorrect practices. But that's not something that the film is really concerned about. The film really, really cares about Tammy. And I don't know that I cared all that much about Tammy. Uh, (laughs) So I, yeah, it's still a good watch. And, you know, Jessica Chastain's performance is great. Um, I don't know. I I just didn't feel like there was a lot for me to really like sink into and want to follow primarily this character. Uh, The film does a good job trying to get me there. I just don't think that it actually succeeded. Um, But it's a good watch. And I think the, the, uh, categories uh, that it won or that it was nominated for Oscars for it definitely deserved those nominations so it does a lot of things well but I don't I don't feel like it's a great film yes uh, I share very similar sentiments it was a good ride it's a good ride uh, but I think the subject matter and the people that it's exploring are fascinating enough that I, I felt almost captivated by the the actual people behind it and the the, the mm-hmm. lives that they were depicting more so than like new things potentially that the film is trying to 
call attention to or emphasize. This kind of felt like a, a ride that we were on and we went through the journey. And um, now I want to go research and Google all the things about the actual real people behind um, the movie that the story is actually telling. So uh, you mentioned Jessica Chastain. She is fabulous in this. Uh, she really delivers and in a role that could easily have been swallowed up by um, the makeup and the the kind of like outward costuming of it all. She really kind of uh, sells that really well. Um, yeah, I was – it was it was all right. It was all right. I I was hoping that we would um, get a little bit deeper into like more about like how did why is Tammy Faye the way that she is and what was it about her upbringing, her family, or her inner psyche, or any of that? Like I just feel like we didn't get to go deeper into her um, inner world as much. We were still kind of seeing her at a distance and. Um, ultimately I feel like both Jim Baker and, and Tammy Faye in this movie felt like characters and they were so larger than life that we didn't really get to go deeper into like, what is it that made them the way that they are and for them to do the things that they did, you know, um, we didn't get to that level with this movie. Yeah. And I, I think that, that the beginning where we see her, you know, kind of rejected, by her mother and, um, you know, wanting to be seen. And even when, you know, her, her conversion experience, if you will, you know, she walks straight into the church and then immediately falls on the, the floor making a spectacle. And so you just kind of see this like desire and this need for attention kind of cultivated in her. And so I, I think that is supposed to be one of the reasons why she became the way that she did. And she had so much ambition and so much drive um, as I, I think to fill that hole from her childhood, but you're right. It, it doesn't ever answer those questions substantially. And we do get to see moments of vulnerability, but they really did feel like caricatures um, rather than actual people like you. After I was done, I was just Googling more about, these two, because I, I, I knew a little bit about the story, and I know quite a bit about this whole like world that they inhabited, but it was fascinating to go back through and and read about their actual lives. Uh, what interesting human beings! Yes, <laughs> indeed, and and th that's the kind of takeaway that I had from this movie was like, wow, what fascinating people, uh, but. That there wasn't more, and I was I was hoping for more to be uncovered, or for this movie to do something a little bit more interesting than kind of maybe just telling it to us and and their rise and their fall um, in a pretty chronological way. You know, like that. This felt like a more straightforward uh, telling of what happened, and uh, there wasn't anything more that the film was looking to communicate other than, wow, look at these fascinating humans that did some pretty incredible and terrible things at the same time, you know? Yeah, I think it's also interesting that this is based off of a documentary on their lives. And I wonder if that also has something to do with it. Because from what I've read, I haven't seen the documentary, but from what I've read, this movie follows the documentary pretty closely. So I wonder if that has something to do with it too. 
Um, mm, yeah. You know, traditionally, yeah. like a, a film might take a stance on something where a documentary tries to be a little bit more unbiased. And I, I wonder if some of that is what we're, we're sensing here. Mm, yep. Yep. Which makes me want to just go watch the documentary instead. <laughs> right? Me too. Right? <laughs> I mean, I think there are – not that this film needs to over-dramatize moments, but there, it felt like there there could have been more that because this isn't a film medium, that there's there's pl- emotional moments or places about the, the, the interstates of the characters that the film could have spent more – time in. Um, and, and it's interesting. I didn't actually know that this was based on that documentary. Uh, that potentially explains a lot of the like structural pieces and pacing of this. It's, it's pretty matter of fact, you know, we, we spend a little bit of time mm-hmm. in a couple, in a year of these people's lives. And then we learn some things and we move to the next thing. And I think that they, they took a more like character driven focus on this where they, we'd really gotten time in some of the moments where, she is struggling with taking the pills or some of those those moments that could have heightened uh, our understanding of who is Tammy Faye beyond just the things that she did and the the events that happened. But who is she deeper than that, you know? Yeah, and I, I think the the empathy that we do end up feeling for Tammy Faye all comes from Jessica Chastain's performance. Because I, I think in a lot of those moments, you know, it's a it's a look in her eye or how she moves or, you know, how she says her line that you can tell there's there's wounding there or there's conflict there or she's processing through something. But uh, because the film isn't as concerned with exploring those things, we just have to kind of savor those little hints mm-hmm. that we get from her performance mm-hmm. uh, which was is great she did a really good job with what she was given I just like you said I think that there could have been more uh, and then I think that this film because like you said like it's a fun ride but it's not one that's going to stay with me and that's kind of unfortunate because yeah. yeah. it is an interesting story these are fascinating people but it's just nothing kind of resonates after it's over. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I completely agree. I also feel like there are themes that this movie begins to touch on that are, are, are truly universal and have some larger things that it's trying to comment on, but it doesn't go there and explore that enough. So like one of the ones that comes to mind is that scene when they're in their bedroom and Jim Baker sings like, I am a powerful man, you know, and that, that, feeling of control and power and um the desire the ego that's that's laced in that statement uh is universal like there's so many uh other rise and fall of men that we see go through that same same experience um you know the the movie that we just got a chance to talk about in review nightmare alley it's it's a similar theme and we get bits and pieces of that you know there's there's little lines here and there, conversations here and there, but I don't think it's explored or or um, there isn't anything new that this is potentially bringing that it could have. Yeah, it's it's funny. I kept kind of comparing this to Nightmare Alley throughout just because it was fresh in my mind, but also it's it's just interesting 
to watch, you know, in both, we had these really charismatic people who are really good at reading people who are really ambitious. And they go in this like rise and fall, you know, through, you know, manipulation, doing things that they shouldn't do all of these. So it's just weird to see these very, very different films about very different characters (laughs) with very different morals. Mm-hmm. very similar mm-hmm. I just I wasn't expecting to see so many parallels between the eyes of Tammy Faye and Nightmare Alley um, but like we Who said knew? in our Nightmare <laughs> Alley episode like all of those characters were complex and interesting and unknowable and I don't feel like we saw that same complexity of the characters in the eyes of Tammy Faye like they're interesting and I want to know more but there wasn't this I wasn't hooked like I was in Nightmare mm-hmm. Alley. Yep. Yep. And I think it's because the 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 two of them from for most of the film still feel like caricatures. I never felt yeah. this humanity or connection to them as characters. And I think from the beginning in the in the early parts of the movie that's fine. You know, they're supposed to feel larger than life and kind of uh, distant and different from you. But by the end of the movie, she she's slow. Like, I think we're sympathetic to her, but she still feels like a caricature to me. And I think that that was by design, though, because okay, that was kind of their per- persona, you know, these like larger than life. You have to put on this facade and you have to be perfect and you know, everything was a performance and they were constantly on stage, constantly in the public's eye. So I, I I think that maybe that's what it was, the film was trying to do. Um, but I think it kind of backfired a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Like yeah. they, and I, I think that's why if at the beginning we'd felt that, wow, these people are so different, especially when they're younger, you know, they are, they are so different from people that we would be able to connect with. But if by the end of the movie, we still are unable to get there with them, um, it just, it makes all of the things that unfold less meaningful for us as the viewer, because we're not as invested. Um, I, I think the, there, there needed to be this larger contrast between their TV personas and then some of those more intimate moments that we mm-hmm. actually get to see them interact, like them in their bedroom together in a fight or her in the bathroom alone. And those were the moments that I was like waiting to peel that onion with them. And I still feel like we didn't, we didn't get that. So when we see their downfall, it just, it's less emotional. It, it means less to me as a viewer. Yeah, and I also wonder about maybe some of the pacing of this as well, um, because it's such a large buildup to their fall, and like you, you can feel that it's coming. You see the shady stuff, and I feel like all of that was done really well. But then the fall kind of happens really suddenly, and I don't think that we ever see like we don't see her hit rock bottom. Basically, we know that that's where she's at. And we know that she's lost all of her material possessions. Her mom was kicked out of the house. You know, she has nothing to do. She's being ostracized. But because that kind of happens in this quick montage, 
And then we're back to her, you know, pitching ideas and putting a smile on and she's, you know, she's in her performance again. I don't think we ever got to feel the weight of that. So maybe if we had spent just a few minutes seeing her react to her life being in absolute shambles, Mm -hmm. then I think maybe the ending would have landed a little bit better. That's true. That's interesting. We never get the full fall, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I I think what was what struck me at least um, in the ending of this movie is her kind of relentless optimism and the fact that she is still out there doing her thing, pitching herself. You know, like there's something that was admirable about that for me. Like, wow, this is. She is picking herself up and continuing forward. And I think that would have felt even more uh, impressive had we seen, like you mentioned, the fullness of her fall. Like she has hit rock bottom and then her rise again um, would have felt bigger and more meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Because right now it's just kind of like you know that it was a big deal but you don't feel it. So again, it's that they, mm. they told us instead of showing us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If anything, we see more of the fall truly for Jim. Yeah. And his character. You know, that, that moment where he c- confesses and the people come and he realizes that he is um, kind of going to be sentenced and all this stuff. We see him in jail, his hair is growing. Like we see his fall more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think at least for me, like the the whole world that they were inhabiting was more interesting than mm-hmm. their story or her story specifically. So I again like just kind of struggled with why is this story being told through Tammy's eyes of all mm-hmm. the people involved? You know, and and I don't think that the film really has a good answer for that. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I wonder if the documentary that this is based on is focused on her or if it's focused on them too. And this movie has kind of taken the interpretation to focus on her story specifically. No, I think it's still her because it's also called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. Right? Like, I I wouldn't have chosen her. So I'm just so curious. Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) why her (laughs) well I'm curious your thoughts about this question that was running through my mind the entire movie which is are they truly this delusional or do are they aware of their manipulation um and I my sense was that Jim was far more um aware in his intentions and his manipulation than she was she almost still felt like childlike to me, even mm-hmm. and that ending, I think still underscores that, you know, like she goes up to the, the, the teenagers that are making fun of her. She is still pitching herself. She, there's almost this like mental block in her mind that she truly believes the things that she's saying. Whereas with Jim, I, I felt that there was more of an awareness that he had of what he was doing. Um, and I'm curious your read on that. But that was the running question through my mind. That was the source of tension and uh, momentum for this movie in my mind was like, oh, do they really believe these things or do they are they aware that this is all a con? 
Yeah, yeah. I I think I think they both had a level of awareness. They both knew what they were doing and they both knew how to manipulate really, really well. Um, like after uh uh basically after Tammy's I don't even want to call it an affair, like after her incident with the guy in the recording studio. Her depravity, as he calls it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just get off of your righteous oh, high horse, man. buddy. But, like, after that, and and he tells her, you have to ask for forgiveness on air. Yes. Like, that is 1,000% manipulation. And it was also yeah. that they could get more pledges and more money. But then at the same time, <laughs> when Jim is pitching his, like, Christian, you know, theme park, um, and he's losing out on the pitch, and Tammy comes and she manipulates that investor, uh, yeah. clearly. Yeah. And so I, I do like that throughout the film we get to see them both manipulating so that they can get more money, so they can get more power, whatever it is. Um, so I don't think either of their hands were completely clean, and I think both of them knew what they were doing. Uh, I, I just think that, like you said, Tammy was probably a little bit more naive uh, than Jim was. I don't think he started out that way, but I think over right. time, you know, you just do what you got to do to keep the checks rolling in. and. Yeah. Uh, went way too far yeah there's something that was that felt so innocent and naive about her uh even at the end of the Mm -hmm. movie you know and I think that that plays into a lot of our sympathies towards her even at the end of the movie like we at least I as a viewer didn't felt like this was that the movie uh didn't leave us with this like scathing uh, judgment of them, but it was oddly sympathetic. And, uh, even kind of the ending text that, that came on screen of where these people ended up, mm-hmm. it, it almost, you know, in a weird way, and I couldn't describe this exactly, but it felt redemptive in an odd way. Um, yeah. And I, I, that was unsettling <laughs> to feel at the end of this movie. Yeah. And I, I also think just, Tammy Faye, she's just an interesting character because there is that naivete, but you also see that she knows what she's doing and she can read people really well. Again, oh my gosh, there's so many similarities to Nightmare Alley. Wow. Um, She can read people so well to get what she wants or get what she needs. She knows what she's doing, but she's also really naive. And I just, it's such a weird juxtaposition in a person. And I, I feel like the film did do a good job showing us these multiple sides of her um, that are kind of hard to, I don't know, to to grapple with them being in the same person. Yes, yes. It, it was a pretty nuanced uh, perspective to share, and I think Jessica Chastain is key in communicating that because mm-hmm. it would have been so easy for us to be left with this, like, scathing judgment of these con artists. And we don't oh, – yeah. I feel that more to J- towards Jim, but less to her. There's something that's still soft and endearing about her as mm-hmm. a character. And I think it's because she wasn't implicated in any of the things. Like, it, because he kept her in the dark, um, maybe that's why we're able to feel some of that sympathy. Because, like, mm-hmm. if you're just, you're preying on people's beliefs and you're conning them out of, 
hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Like, yeah, I'm going to be real upset with you. But she didn't know. And so I, I think that lets us be a little bit more sympathetic to her. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that she just didn't know, but it's this was going on all around her. And she she was aware of something was wrong, but it was almost like she she didn't even know how to confront the situation or she didn't know what to do. So I, I don't know. I feel like yeah. there's like layers of sympathy for her. Uh, whereas Jim, at some point, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I think to your your question that you brought up earlier is why is this from the perspective of, of Tammy? Um, there are these scenes that happen throughout the movie that because she is a woman and she is she is she has this like ambition and this tenacity that I think also plays into us rooting for her, rooting for this unlikely character that we want to see succeed because we see the traits in her. Like that the scene that uh, I'm thinking a lot about is the one where she brings the chair up to the yes. men's table and yeah. she is de- declaring her presence at that table and that she is an equal part in this uh, partnership uh, with with her husband. And she the, – the like – fearlessness and the tenacity there I I loved I was like yes you show up to that men's table and just totally blow blow it all up um and I I think that also contributes to us being really sympathetic to her and and almost rooting for her even though we are cognitively aware of all of the corruption that's going on as well and I I loved that that moment, you know, her and everything about it was just so perfect. But again, I'm thinking like she knows how to read people and she knows how she needs to do this to get a seat at the table. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to sit here because I have an equal part, but it's, okay, how do I position myself so that these men will accept me? So I have to adopt this caricature of, I, I can't eat with the baby. So Jim, I need you to help me hold the baby so that I can eat. Like, with, <laughs> yeah. you know, like she goes through this whole thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly how she needed to portray herself so that she mm-hmm. could get the seat there. So yeah. even in that, it wasn't just this like ruthless ambition and I'm just going to like, you know, mm-hmm. push my way mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. This is the persona that I need to have in order to be not even accepted, but just be able to sit here. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That was – loved that. I ate that up. <laughs> and Me too. <laughs> the the shot of the, the chair dragging across the concrete ground, you know, like the emphasis on she is – she is making an appearance here. And those are the moments that I wish the, the movie – what it would be able to lean into more throughout the rest of the film is these like the way that film can can highlight certain moments, feelings, experiences, um, you know, senses, and, and get us to the it's not the drama, but it it really is like highlighting the the areas that we can focus on to really connect with these characters. I think that's what they could have done more with in this movie, and that scene is a good example of, of them doing it really well. 
I wonder if maybe one of the the problems with this is because so much of it happens on like a soundstage. Um, and so much of it is like interviews or performances or, or whatever. So they weren't these real moments. Um, and so because everything happens on a soundstage, not everything, but a lot of it, and I get it, a lot of their life happened <laughs> on a soundstage, so it makes sense. But maybe if there would have been those times when they weren't in front of the camera, like you said before, uh, we would have been able to see those things about these characters. And so then their reactions to things or how they were on camera would have made a lot more sense to us uh, because we saw the, I don't know, the less filtered <laughs> version. Because I don't think they were ever truly off, but we maybe had seen maybe a crack of vulnerability. Mm, like a lot of the emphasis... The, at least airtime of this movie is spent um, them in their element doing their shows. And Absolutely. had they shifted to a larger percentage of time spent in their more intimate moments, had, would this have been more effective? And then actually, you know, I was thinking a lot about um, a movie we reviewed last year on our road to the Oscars, which is USB uh, Billy Holiday. And that movie does it, it's it's similar in nature in that it's it's showing and and telling about the story of a star and someone who is a a persona and a celebrity and all that kind of stuff. But that movie spends so much time in the dressing rooms and on the the tour buses of Billie Holiday and uh, her friends and her crew, and we get so much intimacy with that character because we are seeing her when she is off. And she is not on stage. And I think this movie could have benefited from some of the same tactics that that movie was able to employ. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, and then I think, because at the end, uh, you know, when she's kind of like pitching herself once again, uh, the guy says, it's dangerous to want to be seen just for the sake of it. And so I think if we had had more of those moments where we see them on stage with the persona and then uh, backstage and they're whatever, you know, somebody completely different or they're, you know, devoid of all the smiles and emotion that we saw on stage. And the film does a little bit of that. But if we had seen more of that differentiation, then I think that line would have been more impactful. And this guy kind of interrogating her like, well, why do you want to be on the camera? What is that? you know, fulfilling in you, um, then I think that whole exchange would have been really, really meaty and helped us empathize with this character even more. But because we don't see that duality in her life as much as I think we should have, then that line is just, it's a, it's a nice line, but it doesn't actually like pack the punch that I think it was supposed to. Mm, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, I typically don't want more of any of the childhood backstory flashback moments. But I, I wonder if this, if we had spent more time with these two people when they were younger, um, you know, I think when they're in college and they're first starting the puppet show and kind of that, that drive and desperation to want to, to create a show or, or something that could have ex explained who these people are a little bit more. It's almost like I want to go back to their roots to understand how why why they are the way they are and they see the world the way that they do. Um, I think that would have also helped this film be a little bit more 
meaty as well. We almost see them at the like the height and tail end of their life and their fame for for a lot of the movie, for the majority of the movie. And I I wish I don't know if we would have benefited from more time spent in their earlier years to see when they have when they didn't have this fame. What were those character traits and tendencies that are now just fanned into a larger flame now that they have this fame? Yeah, and then we could see a better contrast between who they were then and who they are now. Um, because, I mean, really, the biggest difference for me was just how they looked. And to your one-sentence summary, the amount of makeup that was just constantly be, being added to Tammy's face. I think that honestly was the biggest difference that I saw. And so, like you said, it would have been nice to see their characters younger because then we would be able to see like, oh, no, that's inconsistent with who you once were. So what's going on? Um, and then especially in Tammy's case, that if we had seen other parts of her really, really change, but that consistent theme of just loving people stay the same, then I feel like that would have also been more impactful. Because it was just kind of like, well, nothing really else has changed except for you know, the external. So it's not that big of a deal that you're still being really, really loving to people. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, again, pacing. If they would have just yeah. paced this a little bit differently and focused on different parts of their lives, I think it could have been a more impactful movie. And and where the focus was. Like, I think what we're ultimately getting at is that this is this film is event-driven. Like, it, it's driven by, the drama is driven by the, um, increasing uh, drama and the events that are happening around these people and not focused on the drama of their inner states changing and evolving and their internal struggles or uh, value systems uh, being challenged and, and changing there. Like the, the, the drama is all external. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, and, and I think that's why I was left wanting to know more about like the world and the fallout, because if it is all these like external events, I think what happened to Tammy is not the most interesting of them. You know, I want to see, I want to see all the things I want to see the scandal. I want to see, cause there's other stuff that happened too, that this film doesn't really touch on. And so I would have wanted to see, like, I want to see the downfall if it's going to be all external. So yeah, I, I think ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. So there's there's potentially a version of this movie that is not character driven and is purely yeah. playing up the drama of what yeah. happened. Um and It'd be so entertaining. They, these two people are just the the vehicles for that and they are yeah. the Yeah. But by default, because this movie is so focused on Tammy and we get her childhood moments, like it is set up to be character driven, but doesn't really fulfill on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's kind of unfortunate like because there's so much good here and there's so much potential and there's there's really good performances yeah. I just I, I think once again I'm always going to go back to the writing because that's just who I am as a person but <laughs> I, I think if if this had been written a little bit differently this could have been a really really good film mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep how do we feel about Andrew Garfield <laughs> Stu Baker I, I thought he did great. I was 
honestly, I knew next to nothing about this movie other than Jessica Chastain was in it. And so when little Andrew Garfield popped up next to her, I went, oh, hello. I didn't know that you were in this, too. He's just everywhere. I had no idea either. Um, yeah, I, I think he did a great job. Um, of course, he, he, he did embody Jim Baker, but because he was next to Jessica Chastain's mm-hmm. version of Tammy Faye, it just it was never going to compare. She just eclipsed him. Oh. Um, but I think he did a good job. He held his own and uh, he, he played the part that he needed to play. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was impressed at how, how effective he was in this. I was not expecting that. Uh, I will say though, I could not unsee Andrew Garfield's face. Like I could never, I just always mm-hmm. felt like this was Andrew Garfield playing this dude and I never fully bought into um, the fact that he was, he was, Jim Baker in this movie. So that was a little bit distracting. But it's did you buy did you buy into Jessica Chastain being oh, Tammy Faye? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, here's Tammy Faye with uh, Andrew Garfield with Andrew playing Jim Baker. <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah. though. It's true. She and I, I think that that role of Jim Baker was always gonna be really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, and Andrew Garfield is a great actor. If you want to hear us talk about Andrew Garfield, go listen to our Tick, Tick, Boom episode yes. because we just gushed on him for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does he does great. But that was always going to be difficult to be next to Jessica Chastain right. becoming Tammy Faye. Like, right. it's not just the makeup. It's not it's not that like she truly became this person. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, any other no matter who you had in the Jim Baker role, it was going to be a really, really difficult part to play. Yep. Her small mannerisms, voice inflections, the laugh was just so effective. Oh my goodness. I was floored. Every, every little like glance or little head gesture or little, you know, every, every bit of that was, was so on point. So yeah. she deserves and her it, Best Actress nomination. She sure does. She knocked this out of the park. And and one of the things that I was I was thinking about while watching is sometimes, you know, Best Actress nominations, it's really because of, like, the makeup or, you know, the prosthetics or whatever. Like, that is what transformed the character, but that is not the case here. Like, she, mm-hmm. she 1,000% earned that nomination. Um, yeah. I was reading in a in an interview with her that she talked a lot about how the makeup at first felt very um, overwhelming, and that she was she was really afraid of being kind of hidden behind or overpowered by the makeup and the the flashiness of it all, and that she really sought to like act through the makeup, the pounds of makeup that was layered on her. So I thought that was really interesting, and it's a challenge I didn't really think about while watching the movie of like. There's so much on her that for her to still land the the emotion and the um, gestures and all of that wealth and act through the makeup um, was fascinating. I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I and I love that we get to see um, just so many different sides of her through that makeup too. Um, and just like we've said, like the makeup is piled on throughout the movie and you can just see, um, how, 
how the character Tammy Faye, she kind of, she, I don't think that she ever like fully like changes, changes, but you just see little different facets of her as more mm-hmm. makeup is applied and, and she kind of changes a little bit. Um, and like you said, it's all of these little nuances. Uh, the part that always got me was when she sang because mm. it was such an unusual way of singing and it wasn't fully like gospel and praise, but it, and at times it kind of felt like, like musical theater, almost the way that she would yeah. sing and how she um, formed some of her and words. Gestures. And it, it was just kind of fascinating. And she would just kind of shift between like, gospel praise and musical theater and and it was just this fascinating swirl that I feel like really really represented the character um so I can only imagine how many of Tammy Faye's actual songs Jessica Chastain had to listen to Mm. just like endlessly on repeat to get some of those you know these little tiny things um that really really embodied the character yeah oh man the amount of research that she must have done for this mm-hmm. role is mm-hmm. God, it's a lot. <laughs> it's dedication. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the movie starts with the scene of her in the makeup chair as well. And it's just mm-hmm. this close up of her face. And we are right up in all of the pounds of makeup that she has applied on. And it really, it sets up the makeup to be its, um, like this metaphorical trajectory for the rest of the film. And the cut from uh, the shot of her face close up with all of that on there to her as a young child and a young girl, fresh faced, you know, like not living this glamorous Mm -hmm. lifestyle. And it just, it created this immediate question and momentum of like, how did this girl end up like that? And we are on our journey from there. So I thought that was effective. I, I appreciated that opening sequence. Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. I also love that when you're in that really uncomfortable close up and you just hear the makeup tech, like, Hey, can you take off your makeup for me? And then her surprise of, Oh, no. it's, it's tattooed on like that. Okay. And so you yeah. can hear it in her voice that she's like, Oh, why would you do that? But she can't say that. I, I thought all of that was just brilliant and such a mm-hmm such a smart way for us because like as the as the audience I'm also going oh my gosh why did you do that to yourself yes (laughs) no so it was just so great to in a character that we don't see simply from their tone of voice we Mm. we feel heard and she is seeing the same thing that we are experiencing as well Mm -hmm. yep and it creates all of these questions and tension now that needs to be uh, uh, needs to be resolved and uh, then we're on our two-hour journey indeed we are yep off to the races yes so one of the themes that I think is continually revisited uh, throughout this movie from the beginning all the way through the end is her relationship with her mother And that is a character that continually shows up again and again. And I'm curious your thoughts on that theme or that um, evolving relationship and what that potentially 
reveals about Tammy and what the movie is trying to say about who she is. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think, I mean, just first off, I think that Cherry Jones did a really good job in that role. Um, and, And I love how that character in particular Uh, my opinion of her was constantly shifting because when we first meet her, she is kind of this like harsh disciplinarian, you know, uh, her daughter can't go to church because um, then the mom will be shamed. And, and so in a lot of ways, Tammy Faye is a source of her mom's shame or maybe not a source, but a reminder of her own shame that she carries. And then I love that as the film progresses you can see the the wisdom that her mom has and she doesn't say a lot but it's like in these little glances or I don't know just the way that she would she would move sometimes um it's like oh she knows what's going on she knows that something shady is happening here um but she doesn't know how to respond and so I, I think for me, honestly, Tammy Faye's mom was one of the most interesting characters in this film. And I really wanted to know more about her um, because I just couldn't quite figure out how to feel about her. I kept kind of going back and forth of, uh, you're probably, I mean, you were emotionally abusive to your daughter for sure. But at the same time, you are just bogged down with all kinds of trauma of your own and you're acting out of that. And so then to see these little moments where she might like smile or enjoy something were just like really, really rewarding. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that character. And uh, I think we got just enough of her. I, I think it might've been tempting to include her more so that we could understand Tammy Faye better. But I, I think they included just enough uh, I think any more, I don't know, would have detracted from the goal of the film even more. So I feel like they balanced it really well. I don't know that it achieved the ac- outcome they were looking for, but I really enjoyed those moments with this character. Yeah, I kept waiting for this character to speak some sense into their their lives and kind of shut the whole thing right? down, you know? Yes. Like, we are rooting for the mother to talk some sense into this whole operation. Um, And it feels like our little glimmer of hope, like this is the one person that can potentially derail this, this uh, train wreck that's about to unfold. And I love that we, we get that little glimmer of hope to hold on to. And we know that ultimately it's, it's probably not going to be successful, but here is this little, like she almost is like this embodiment of common sense and wisdom and um, mm-hmm. uh, conscience, you know, <laughs> who just shows up occasionally. And it just asks a simple question like Tammy, how did you pay for these houses? And yep. <laughs> uh, you know, she dot Tammy dodges the question, but there's these little like, it's that voice knocking on the door or that we can feel in our head sometimes of like that conscience speaking, like, Hey, this is probably not right. And it's, it was fascinating to see the way that Tammy just brushes it off and, and like sweeps it under the rug. I also think that, that her mother almost is a foil to, to her and can potentially, um, 
explain a lot of the reasons why she has this, you know, like larger than life personality, this relentless optimism and positivity, because she's seen how much her mother is incredibly cynical and harsh and negative. And it almost feels like her relentless optimism is this like counter counteracting agent against what she's experienced for a lot of her childhood. So I thought that was a, or at least one of my hypotheses about, you know, why, why this character is the way that she is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And I, I also think, uh, maybe one of the reasons why her mom held her tongue is because as we've seen throughout the entire movie, Tammy Faye never listened to her mom. So I wonder if her mom also just got to this point where even though like she loved her daughter to the, the extent that she was capable of, uh, that if she knew that she was almost wasting her breath, and so she sees these things that are wrong. And we as the audience are like, oh my gosh, speak up, like put a stop to all of this. But I wonder if she knew that it wouldn't do any good for her to say anything. And so she just kept silent. I don't know. That's, that's one of my theories about that character. <laughs> no, I think so. Because there, she, she doesn't say it once or twice. She asks multiple times on different occasions. Like there's the one about who, who paid for these houses. There's the other one around like, do you really think that you are bringing people to the Lord through decorating cupcakes? You know, like she is prodding, uh, but she isn't taking it head on. It's almost like when you're, um, you see your friend going down a bad path and you know that ultimately bringing it up and taking it face on might not be the best route. Like they got to see it themselves, own it. And, um, really change course for themselves versus hearing it come top down from somebody else, you know? Um, and there, there's, there's wisdom in that too. Yeah. Yeah. She was trying to come at it from an angle instead of head on. I just wish and I did the whole time. We're like, just call it out, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But I mean, on just, deaf ears. yeah, which, which is also, so frustrating but it's also this kind of like tragic quality to these characters again like Nightmare Alley where they're just unable to listen to wisdom and reason and they're gonna do what they want to do come hell or high water and yeah. damn the consequences and yeah. well you had to go to jail <laughs> like, yeah, whoops. Yeah. well and also similar to Nightmare Alley is that they've they've seen that their tactics have been largely successful to date. So why would they change their course? You know, like yeah. for Stanton, he is making bank and mm -hmm. he is undiscovered and not caught yet. So why, why stop now? You know? Yep. And it's the same thing with, with Jim and Tammy. And I, I think yeah, we also yeah. see in this, again, that danger of believing your own mythology, like yes. getting wrapped up oh. in the spectacle oh. and everything. Yes. And they are these larger than life figures doing God's work and nothing can stop us. And well, you broke a lot of laws. So yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe don't break laws and take advantage of people and, you know, all the other shady stuff you did. <laughs> but, well, and also, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they just got so wrapped up in it that, mm -hmm. yeah, that was their, their eventual downfall. Wrapped up in their own mythology. Gosh, they yeah. believed the lie. 
<laughs> well, it's also similar to the Nightmare Alley is they were preying on the desire people mm. have for hope of yeah. some kind and that desperation to believe in good things, you know? Um, both both sets of people are preying on that, that human desire, which is – it's tragic, but it's true. Like, and yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And even that concept of of buying hope, you know, in uh, yeah. in Nightmare Alley, there's even that line that Ezra says something to the effect of like, I have all the money in the world, but I don't have hope. Uh, and then he basically says, like, I can buy it, like I have enough money to buy hope. Yeah. And in some ways, that's what even was happening with Jim and Tammy Baker. You know, mm-hmm. they were, they were selling hope. Yeah, <laughs> and people were buying it. Yeah. Man. It's crazy. That's wild. That's oh, wild. I I did not expect there to be I so many parallels. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Look at that. Look <laughs> at that. No, I hadn't thought about it until we started talking about it too. It's interesting. Hmm. All right. Any other last thoughts about uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye before we wrap up? We hit it uh, all. Yeah, my I would just like to give a little nod to it, it was something small that uh, Tammy Faye did a couple of times. We see it twice. When she's opening her can of Diet Coke, she has to use another utensil to open it because her nails are just so damn long. And the struggle is real. And I love that they included that in there because there's no way she was going to mess up those long nails for a can of Diet Coke. And I just, those little details, I really appreciated because they didn't need to include that. But they included it two whole times. Just for us. And there's a close-up shot of it too. There is. Yes. It's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was great. I have one other random little thing, which is that when the guy who plays Gary Paxton shows up on screen, I literally thought it was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> they look so similar to me. <laughs> Maybe I just haven't seen Keanu in a long time, but it's like I don't remember Keanu Reeves being in this movie. And I had to confirm. That it was not Keanu. It was so similar to me. I can't. I need you to go look at a picture of Keanu Reeves. Because <laughs> they don't they don't look very similar. They did to me. I was okay. I was fooled. I mean, what a movie this would have been if For that would have been Keanu. I mean That's I, why I was like, why? Keanu, what are you doing in this movie? In, in this random role right he just <laughs> pops in to say hello cause some drama and then gets gets right. back to the matrix or whatever he's doing <laughs> oh man that's that's pretty funny yep gosh what a different movie this would have been wow <laughs> keanu showed up yeah just been great just pops Ke- in keanu shows up as like the uh, the other man <laughs> the cheating the cheating uh man in this yeah <laughs> Oh, man. That's awesome. Love it. All right. Well, this is our review and discussion of The Eyes of Tammy Faye. You can find it available to stream on HBO Max. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection. And it's something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment, and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. 
Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about the eyes of Tammy Faye. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the new PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson film, Licorice Pizza. Very excited about that. We hope you have an amazing week and we will see you very soon.